Again, good morning. So glad you were here. Uh, Justin, can we have the back TV on? Is it working? It is working. Okay, good. We'll get that on. You don't need it, but I might in a minute. Uh, you know, anytime you do anything to, to serve in the church, there are highs and there are lows. There are those moments where, man, you just feel like everything couldn't go any better, and then there are moments where it feels like, man, it probably couldn't go any worse. There, there are those of you who have planned activities for the church, and you know that there are moments, there are moments when it seems like you have more people wanting to help than you have jobs for them to do. And then there are other times, man, it feels like you can't get a, a volunteer anywhere you turn. If you've ever taught a Bible class, you know that there are times it feels like everyone is hanging on your every single word, and you can really tell that as you're sharing the Word of God that it's making an impact on those individuals. And then there are other times it seems like they had rather be anywhere but here and now. You see, even for those of you who have maybe invited people to church, there are times when it seems like Everybody you ask seems agreeable and ready, and they're like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to come with you sometimes. And then there are other times, it doesn't seem like you could pay somebody to come to church with you. You see, there are just highs and lows in everything that we do when it comes to our ministry or how we serve the Lord. So how do we get through those lower moments? How do we get through those rougher moments? We're going to be looking in Acts chapter 18 this morning. And in Acts chapter 18, we're going to see the Apostle Paul as he has left Athens and now he has arrived at Corinth. He's left Athens. Now, we talked about Athens a couple weeks ago. Athens was a place of philosophy and intellect. And now he's at Corinth. And Corinth was just Corinth, y'all. I really don't know how to explain Corinth, but it really wouldn't have been at the top of somebody's travel list uh, of places they would have wanted to go and see in the ancient world. It was a place full of materialism, full of sexual immorality. I mean, Corinth had a lot of problems in that city. And there are a lot of scholars who believe that the Apostle Paul was at somewhat of a low point of his ministry as he was traveling into Corinth. If you remember the ministry he did there in Athens, while there were some who readily received the word, it wasn't like some great revival broke out there in Athens. And even in the places where Paul had been, places like Galatia or Macedonia, where the people were very receptive, you remember the Apostle Paul wasn't exactly... Oftentimes they welcome guests by the city, and more times than not, the people of the city are running him out of town because they don't want him there. And at this point, this point here he is in Corinth, he's preaching every Sabbath. And you know what's happening while he's preaching? While he's trying to preach Jesus, the people are arguing with him or insulting him. I'll tell you what. Give me the occasional sleeper in a mask any day over the assembly arguing with you and insulting you while you're trying to proclaim Jesus. So let's go back to Acts chapter 18. I'm going to pick up now in verse 4. It says, He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. 
When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed him and reviled him, he shook out his garments and he said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. He hit a brick wall, didn't he? The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul hit a point in his ministry, in his service to the Lord, when he stood up and he said, and this is how I would say it in Alabama, I'm done with y'all. Enough. I'm done. I'm going to change my direction. And it's not that the Apostle Paul quit on ministry. He, he didn't quit serving God. He didn't quit trying to encourage people to follow Jesus. Again, he just changed the direction he was going. No longer is he going to be spending so much time trying to get the, the Jews to understand that Jesus is the Christ. I'm going to go where people will listen. I'm going to go where I can plant those seeds and they'll be more, well, they'll be more receptive. And so it's at this point that the Apostle Paul begins to shift his ministry from the Jews to the Gentiles. But again, he didn't give up on ministry. How, how did he manage to not just quit? Because, you know, there is a temptation. Anytime you're serving the Lord and you feel a little bit discouraged, there is a temptation sometimes to just throw up your hands in the air and say, I'm done with this. I, no more. I quit. I'm just, I'm tired of the headaches. I'm tired of the hurdles. I'm tired of not getting the results that I had hoped for. Forget it. How do you continue to press on? How did the Apostle Paul continue to press on? Well, I think the first thing that we're going to see is the Apostle Paul had been blessed with some wonderful people in his life that encouraged him to continue to press on. Let's go back up to verse 1. It says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy, and his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade and stayed with them and worked, where they were tent makers. And what a blessing it was. This was not by accident. What a blessing it was that these three individuals had one another during such a discouraging time. A time when the Apostle Paul was discouraged in his ministry. A time when surely Aquila and Priscilla would have been pretty discouraged as they'd just been kicked out of Rome. And now they have one another. They have one another to work with. They have one another to, to be encouraged by. They have one another to, to be continually encouraging one another to keep the faith and, and to stay strong. I tell you, I've really been reminded over the past few months of, of what a blessing that fellowship with one another really is. You know, Chaz Tankersley has been leading the men's discussion class on Sunday evenings at 5 o'clock, and it has been such an encouragement to me, such an enriching time. Because to be able to sit with those men, my brothers in Christ, who are a part of that group, and to hear them talk about the Word of God, to hear them talk about how the Word of God impacts their life, and to hear one another share 
as we strive to live this life as God has called us to live it, it just reminds me just how precious those times together with one another and that fellowship with one another, how precious it really is. As we come together, as we've done today, and as we will do, Lord willing, every Lord's Day, as we come together, we, we celebrate God and we worship God and it should be an amazing experience as we pour out our praise and adoration to God for all that He has, is, and will continue to do for us. And as we look toward our heavenly home, we should just be so uplifted when we leave these times. But you know what? In these, in these assemblies of worship, this isn't really where a lot of those personal relationships are made. It's those smaller group settings. It's those Bible classes. It's those working together around the building on various projects. It's being a part of working shoulder to shoulder, side by side, serving the Lord, studying together, talking with one another. It's in those moments when we are so blessed to have them that it is in those moments that oftentimes our life finally slows down enough for us to say, So how are you doing? How, how's life? And we share our victories and we share our struggles and we share our convictions and we share our questions. And it's in those smaller groups that our relationships with one another are forged. And that our faith, that our faith is strengthened. After over a year now, of COVID anxieties and uncertainties. I'm just thankful we can still come together, mask or, or no mask. And over this last year, we've gone through a lot, and I, I'm afraid we will have a lot more to face and a, a lot more decisions to have to make in the coming days, weeks, months, who knows, maybe years. We don't know. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Therefore, we know that no matter how long this time may last, it will come to an end. There will be a conclusion. There is of that hope, that very precious hope. And so often that hope is rekindled as we spend time, spend time with one another. I know we've taken a... a a brief hiatus from our, our Bible classes. But I want to encourage you. I know for some of us, it's, it's taken everything in us just to get back in the routine of coming together for a public worship assembly. I don't want you to miss out when we are coming together at 5 on Sunday evening, when we are coming together in the middle of the week at 6.45, don't miss out on those opportunities because I want you to know and understand those are the opportunities when your relationships with one another are forged and they're strengthened and it helps give you the strength that you need even in those moments where you want to quit and you want to walk away and you want to say, enough! It gives you the strength you need to hang on a little bit longer. But if you don't have those relationships, what do you hang on to? Just a couple weeks ago, our brother George Elliott pointed out to me how, how good it was to just see 
and to hear people standing around after church talking again. And it is. It was. It will be. Don't let this momentary hiccup discourage you or think that it will never be as it once was. I look around this assembly. I look at those online. And I know that there are a lot of faithful brethren who surround us. I know that there are people watching who are tuning in this very morning. You and I have never met. There there are people in California and in Texas and in South Carolina and in Pennsylvania. I mean, there are people all around this great country of ours worshiping with you right in this very moment. And even though they're not here in the building with you physically, they stand shoulder by shoulder worshiping the same one true God spiritually. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing that is. And so you see, I I believe that one of the things that, that gave the Apostle Paul the strength that he needed to endure were those precious relationships. But then there was the relationship that he had with the Lord. A relationship that ran even deeper than any earthly relationship. I want you to listen to the encouragement that the Lord gave him. This is verse 9. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. No one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. Do not be afraid. I want you to hear the Lord saying that to all of us today. You have no reason to be afraid. Does doing the work of the Lord ever create worry? Does it ever create anxiety? Does it ever create fear? Yes. (laughs) You better believe that it can. And if you have ever experienced any fear or anxiety or any worry or dread when trying to do the work of the Lord, I want you to know this morning you weren't alone. That there was a point in time when even the Apostle Paul was afraid. How do I know he was afraid? Because God told him not to be afraid. It only stands the reason that even the Apostle Paul felt this fear. He felt this anxiety. He felt this dread. He felt this worry. And the Lord said to him, don't be afraid. You know, rarely... Rarely a week goes by that Satan doesn't try to sabotage me. And I'm sure you as well. He does it with fear. And he does it with discouragement. He, he, likes, to whisper, he likes to whisper things in my ear that remind me how afraid I am of things like rejection. How afraid I am of not being enough. How afraid I am of not being good enough. How afraid I am of not being talented enough. How afraid I am that one day you're going to figure out I have no idea what I'm doing from week to week. And you're going to figure out I have no idea how to minister to people in the midst of a global pandemic such as COVID. You see, fear and discouragement, man, they're... They're like that one-two punch. And usually if you have one, you have the other. And that's why we have to be so, so very careful 
Not to listen. Not to give in. To remember that God is with us. That God says, don't be afraid. And why? Because He's with us. That's why you don't have to be afraid. That is every reason in the world necessary. When I find myself in moments going, but I am so, I'm so nervous right now. I'm so filled with dread and anxiety and worry. I don't know what's going to happen next. God, I don't know if the church is going to bounce back from this. I, I don't know if we're ever going to be what we once were. God just... I, <laughs> and God says, chill out, Blake. There's no need to worry. There's no need to be afraid. And I say, how do you know? You would say, because I'm with you. The same way I've always been with my people. The same way I'll always be with my people. If I'm with you, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to dread. You have nothing to be scared of. Because I'm with you. Listen to what Jesus said, and I know you remember these words. These are the words Jesus gave His followers, the marching orders, if you will, uh, before He ascended into heaven in Matthew 28, the Great Commission. There, beginning in verse 18, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. You have no reason to fear. You have no reason to be so scared or so overcome by dread or worry or anxiety. Because the promise is yours and the promise is mine. That we serve a God who is with us and who will be with us until the end of time. He's with us, but He's also working. He said, I, I have many in this city who are my people. Maybe Paul couldn't see it. Maybe he was frustrated. Maybe he was so uh, discouraged. Maybe he was ready to call it quits. And he, he couldn't see the, well, as we might say, the forest for the trees. He, he couldn't see what was right in front of him. And God said, hold on. There are a lot of people around you. I, I have people who will take care of you. Go something to verse 7 now. I'm going to back up. See, God was always doing something in the hearts and lives of the people. Back up to verse 7, it says, And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. Do, do you see what happened? God is active. God is alive. God never stopped working in the hearts and the lives of, this, of these people. And His Word is powerful. And He is always doing things that we may not be able to see in the moment. Listen, there, there may be like a, a sixth grade little boy in Bible class who is so annoying and you just think that there is no way that kid is ever going to turn out to be anything. But with a little bit of love and a little bit of training, that same young man may turn out to be an amazing missionary one day. You just don't know. Or maybe it's that neighbor of yours, the one that you've invited to church over and over and over again, and over and over and over again. That person has just politely said, thank you, but no thank you. But you don't know. 
You don't know that one day that very same person may be obeying the gospel of Christ and you may get to witness them being immersed for the forgiveness of their sins. You just don't know. You see, God is always at work. His Word is powerful. And because of that, we need not quit. He would say, go on speaking. Do not be silent. Again, there may come a time as we serve the Lord that we may need to shift our, our current direction. We may want to move from one ministry to another. That's what the Apostle Paul did. He, he changed direction. He went from the Jews to the Gentiles. He changed direction, but he did not quit. There are oftentimes a lot of good reasons to change direction. There is absolutely never a good reason to quit serving the Lord. Never. But have you? Have you quit actively serving God? Have you, for whatever the reason, quit working for the Lord? And if so, my encouragement, my plea with you today would be to repent of that and to make that right and to follow and to heed the words of God. Go on speaking. Don't be silent. Or as He said in the Great Commission, go! Don't stop. Go! What you have been entrusted with, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, it is too important to stop it is too important to give up on. It is too important to say, well, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let somebody else do that now. I've, I've done mine. I'm going to retire. There is no retirement this side of heaven. If Ray Cox and Norman Flynn taught me anything, it was that there is never an age that a Christian retires. We work until there's no longer breath in our body. We work until we are called home. We work as God puts opportunity in front of us day after day after day. If you quit, whether you're here in this assembly or watching online, I, I would encourage you to make that right. From, from where you may be sitting right now, just resolve within yourself that you're going to continue working for the Lord. That you're going to get your, your uh, act in gear, as it were, and begin serving God once more as you once did. Because what we need to understand, all of us who are here, everyone who's watching online, we need to understand that it takes all of us that if we're really going to reach this community the way that God intends for us to reach this community, then it's going to take all of us doing our part within the body of Christ to spread the Gospel. You, every single one of you here online, maybe even listening in the parking lot, you are essential to the body of Christ. Without you, the body of Christ cannot be as healthy as the Lord would want it to be. You are so 
very important. Please, don't ever forget that. Don't ever lose sight of your importance within the body of Christ. Now, now what did all this do for the Apostle Paul? Well, go down to verse 11. It says he stayed a year and six months teaching the Word of God among them. I hope... I hope that by hearing about the, the work of the Lord, by hearing about His presence, I, I hope that it inspires us. I hope that it encourages us. I, I hope that it reminds us that even in those moments of discouragement and distraught and frustration, that it reminds us, don't give up. Hang in there. Continue serving God. And as we leave this assembly in just a few moments, may we all leave this time of worship with a renewed fire, with a renewed zeal, with a renewed excitement that says, what can I do today to further the cause of Christ? What can I do today to make an impact for the cause of Christ? How can I spread the, the most precious message that mankind has ever known? What can I do to be a part of that? And I'm going to look around at you. And you're going to look around at all those around you. And we're going to be encouraged by one another. We're going to be encouraged as we serve the Lord together. As we worship Him together. As we strive for a common goal together. And we're going to remember, we're going to remember that we're not alone. That God is always, always with us. Even in the midst of the most trying times, even in the midst of the most frightening moments. This morning, if you've never obeyed the gospel of Christ, if you've never been baptized for the forgiveness of your sin, we'd encourage you to do that. The water's ready today if you are. Maybe as a child of God's though, maybe there's just something in your life that you would like for us to pray with you and for you about. Maybe it's something that you need to make right before you leave here today. Maybe it's some unresolved sin. Maybe it's some struggle you're having. Or maybe it's some praise you have on your heart. There's something good going on and you just want to praise God for it and you want the church to thank God on your behalf. We'd be happy to do anything. If we can help you in any way, won't you come as we stand and sing?